I were in the park. <laughs> then this man came up and said, would I like to see some puppies? Oh, no, 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 little boy. Puppets. I was wondering if you'd like to come and press my big red button today. And I said yes. Ah, excellent. And I was going to go, but Charlie stopped me. Charlie's reminded me my mum says I shouldn't go off with people I don't know. Oh, well, um, uh, bye then. Oh, well, now who's going to choose this week's episode? Oh. Charlie says that he's already made this week's selection and it's Thunderbird's Cry Wolf. Yeah, don't do me any favours, Charlie. <laughs> So, welcome back to Thunderbirds. It's it's only been a couple of months since we were last here with The Imposters, which uh, is an episode that, oddly enough, shares a, a few surface similarities with this one, which we'll get into when we get to them. Anyway, we're already uh, in uh, slightly oh, where am I? sad territory here. We have a little supermarionation boy stuck on a ledge. Oh, my leg. My leg, it hurts. Oh dear, outside, never mind. So this poor kid is uh, is clearly in a bad way. He's uh, like 40 feet up the side of a cliff. Oh dear, struggling to get to a, a radio of some description. It's not looking good for him. We don't know what's happened to him, and uh, quite honestly, I, I don't really care. Yeah, if you like Supermarionation children, this is a uh, this is the episode for you. It's uh oh another rock falling down into the valley. It's at least 40 feet that drop. Calling International Rescue. I like that um when he makes the call, he looks up towards the sky and then we cut to Thunderbird 5. That's a really nice touch. Calling International Rescue falling over a cliff edge. I think my leg's broken. This is International Rescue Calling. Are you receiving me? Over. Because we don't save Supermarionation children. It's one of our rules. Sounded like a small boy. Australian. Didn't he say where he was? Possibly a woman putting on a young boy's voice. Right, Scott. On your way. Yes, Father. John will give you your directions when you're skyborne. Australia, here I come. Not Ireland. He's categorically not going to Ireland. This is an episode where Scott is not in Ireland. I'm sorry, I got a lot of uh, Ireland, Ireland, Ireland. Operation Crash Dive, Scott was in Ireland. <sighs> Still, that's all in the past now. I can look forward to making new mistakes and uh, not involving Ireland. I should have been found by now. Oh, yeah, and the dingoes and the coyotes will be coming to get you. Ripping your limb from limb. Scott's scanning the place through his uh, observation window. I do really like that uh, that little slide-down window on Thunderbird 1 for Scott to look down on people from on high. Hey! Hey! International rescue from Thunderbird 1. I've spotted him. How does he look, Scott? Well, from this height, he looks fit enough. Priming missiles now. You're going to need any help? No, I can handle this one. I'm going into land. I can bury his body just as well as Virgil or Alan can. I'm sorry, I, I'm, I'm getting very dark. It's too early to be getting so dark with this one. We're only five minutes in, but... Uh, yeah, something about Supermarionation children is just... Ugh. And I know I'm not the only one who feels this way, so... Uh, 
Despite the wicked, terrible things I say about poor little kid trapped on a cliff, at least I can take comfort in the fact that I know I'm not the only one who feels like it. Anyway, here comes a rope to rescue little boy from the cliff. You arrived just in time. What can I say? You saved my life. That's all right, Sonny. We're doing it all the time. Yeah, but surely you'll take a reward. A couple of million or so. We don't take money. <laughs> a couple of million. Oh. So you never did need rescuing. I think someone had better do some explaining. Despite the fact that I don't like Super Mario Nation children, I make no secret of that fact. I actually really like the way they're handled in this one. I guess it's all my fault. Oh, you can't blame yourself, Dad. It's not. No, I mean for having you in the first place. You've got to realize that while we were dealing with this call, someone really needing help could have lost their life. We realize the seriousness of the situation, Mr. Tracy, and I'm not trying to make excuses, but well, try and look at it from the boy's point of view. You see. When their mother died, I had to try and be mother and a father to them. And the dress just doesn't fit. Life's pretty dreary around here for a couple of lively boys. And I tried to make it up to them. You know, I, I made them these walkie-talkie outfits. But I keep pretty busy at the weather station. I'm a pretty terrible father, all in all. We play at International Rescue all the time. Yeah, it's our favourite game. I, I just I love this idea that International Rescue have these young fans who are who are playing just like we all did at that age. We would all play Thunderbirds, wouldn't we? Matter, you know, I, I understand the situation, but this little escapade could have had very tragic results. So I really like the the sort of almost wish fulfillment element of this episode with these kids, um, because I think the idea behind having kids in these these Super Mario Nation shows um, certainly pre pre-Scarlet was as an audience identification figure you know you could imagine yourself as that little kid and I don't think any of us really ever did we would imagine ourselves as as Scott or Steve Zodiac or, or Troy Temple and no, maybe not so much Troy um, but uh, this I think is the only time where that audience identification Element. Oh, Thunderbird 1 looks like it's cracking apart there. Um, this is the only episode where that audience identification element behind these child characters really works because now Scott has loaded the kids aboard Thunderbird 1. Their dad is clearly overjoyed to be rid of them. Um, and he's taking them back to Tracy Island for a tour. Hold tight then. We're on our way. I like also that Scott has got the boys positioned on these, uh, what I guess are guest chairs, but they're positioned directly over that slot that um, the uh, the exploding bracelets were sat on during 30 minutes afternoon, the one that sl slid back and dropped them into the sea. I like that the boys are sat just directly over that slot. Thunderbird uh, ETA, uh, uh, two minutes, uh, Mr. Tracy. Thank you, Brains. Now I want you fellas to give these boys a real warm welcome. Is that clear? Yes, father. yes, father. And I really like that shot of, of the boys lined up in full uniform. Well, we're nearly there, boys. Now, you know the drill, don't you? Sure, Scott. We understand. International... Oh, the boys have even got little, um, <laughs> little tuxes on, little suits. The bow ties and everything. Okay, Scott. We're ready. You can take her down now. Oh, may I? And as always, Grandma is on hand to produce enough food to feed several armies at a moment's notice. Oh, Mrs. Tracy, there's enough food to feed an army. I just said that. Maybe. Two growing youngsters, I'm not so sure. Well, I hope I'm not out of practice. 
The trouble with living on a secret base is visitors are few and far between. Yeah, but you've got about a dozen people to cook for every day. I'm sure you don't get too bored. Taking them around the grand tour in the Monaco. And this is a nice reuse of an old prop. This is uh, obviously the um, mono car thing that was inside the pyramid in The Uninvited. But we also have... These are some of the vehicles that we use when we're out on rescue operations. Lots of old vehicles. With the, the Mole and the Firefly, obviously. The uh, transmitter truck from Sunprobe. One or two other vehicles that I don't think were international rescue vehicles, but have sort of been seconded into the lineup for this episode. And here we go. Where's Alan going to take them first? Well, Alan's going to show the kids his big hey, rocket. That's some spaceship. And again, I think I've discussed this shot in uh, Give or Take a Million before, but I adore this this close-up of Thunderbird 3. The model looks absolutely massive. And the music is just so glorious. It's like, just just bask in the, the splendor of technology. And, uh, and, and gorgeous model making. You mean to say you control that craft all by yourself? Well, I do take Scott with me as a rule. Just to keep me on course. Uh, sir, uh... This is great. Intrusion. Sir. But would you mind telling the boys our lunch is ready? Sir. I love that. Ah, and now it's time to stuff their faces with, uh... Grandma's mountain of food. Gee, it's the best meal I ever had. What do you think of the base? Much better than my stupid dad cooks. It was super. Wish I lived here. And you really understand now why we mustn't call you out without a good reason. Well, yeah, didn't we all as kids, wouldn't we all have loved what these boys have just had to go be shown around the base and meet everybody? It's just... This part of the episode is so nice. So you wouldn't know what part of the world you were in. It could almost be a, a self-contained story in itself, really, like one of the older mini-album stories. Yes, sir. Well, Tony, Bob... Sure been great having you here. He says through gritted teeth. Bye, everyone. So Goodbye. long, fellas. Bye. Bye. Come on, I'll take you to the passenger chute. And throw you down there. Thanks for letting me bring the boys here, Dad. That's okay, Scott. When we haven't got time to do things like that, well, it'll be a sad day. But never ever do it again. And they end their trip with a lovely ride in Thunderbird 2. Now uh, on first viewing of this episode, when I was a kid, um, I actually watched it around a, a a friend's house because I don't know my parents were away, and they came to my parents came to collect me to take me home. And this is the scene that I can remember getting the neighbours let me watch this at their house, and this is the scene that I can remember coming back to my house and turning the telly on. It was that shot of the newspapers flying, uh, well, cruising a lot. No, not cruising. What do newspapers do? Well, they don't really do anything, do they? Anyway, that failed anecdote aside, the boys are quite happy because they're in the papers. I think that's enough for today. Because obviously they've told the world and his wife uh, about their little adventure. Dad! Dad! Oh, no. Just you read that. We're famous. Yes, I see. Resident at Charity Springs. It's a pity the press got hold of this story. I don't want anybody to know I've got kids. What could Dad be uh, keeping so secret? Well, someone else who gets apparently gets the paper delivered to his sinister temple. <laughs> a weather station. <laughs> a likely story. This could be just what I've been looking for. Something to do. Within my reach. 
Who would have thought that international rescue would be the ones to lead me to it? <laughs> Perhaps I should send them some of the profits I shall make from their secret. Ah. I love scenes of the hood sat in the temple talking to himself. He, he clearly doesn't have many visitors. He clearly doesn't entertain much. He must be a very, very lonely man at heart. I think if he were... If he went to therapy, he would. There would be some deep issues resolved for him. A two zero approaching the Australian coast. Whenever he sat there ranting to himself all by himself, I just feel so kind of sad for him. This is Satellite HQ to Dunsey. Anyway, we're now in Satellite HQ, which is a basically a redress. Well, it's not even a redress. It's the exact same set as. Um, Satellite HQ. Search headquarters from the imposters to the extent that. Zero is now coming up to you, Oh my goodness. Um, okay, I think I mentioned in the imposters these. The Stingray injected seats are mounted in front of a huge map on the wall that a puppet is um, sort of moving around on. And the, there's a gorgeous shot there of the puppet just. The puppet on the injector chair just sort of zooming past the camera. It reminds me very much of um, that scene in. Uh, that character in, in Team America World Police who was always, I think it was the boss, he was always sat in the chair. But yeah, it's the same set, it's the same puppets, it's even the same exterior building that they all work from, and yet it's not the same characters, which is, um... My turn to rescue you, Tony. Which is a bit weird, considering, you know, why not just reuse General Lambert? I think it's general someone else in this episode. It's the same puppet, but it's got a different voice. I don't know why they didn't just um, reuse reuse all the same characters. It wouldn't have made much difference. Anyway, Dad Williams is getting some uh, secret photos relayed from a secret satellite. Oh, hi, Dad. Uh, hello there, Bob. Uh, what, what do you want? Busy in the dark room. I won't be out for a couple of hours. That's all right. Just going out of play, that's all. International rescue, I suppose. Yeah, sure. I see. Well, don't forget what Mr. Tracy told you. Keep your radios turned off. Of course we will, Dad. We know better than that. We're not kids, you know. Anyway, off to hang off the side of a cliff over a 40-foot drop. See you, Dad. Oh, but someone else who's uh, come to see is uh, Mr. The Hood, Esquire. Crouching behind a rock with his binoculars. Before I make a move, I must be sure where everyone is. I don't want to run into those god-awful children. My young friend seems to be making for the old mine. Yes. That would keep the two boys out of the way. Oh, uh, the hood's brought along his generic disguise of guy who looks exactly like the hood except he's got brown hair and a brown moustache. And in keeping with their uh, let's go and play in the most dangerous places imaginable line of um, recreation, little... Should be a place here somewhere. Um, which one's this? This is Tony or Bob, I don't care which one this is. Um, has come to hide in a disused mine with uh, visible land subsidence. Because their dad really doesn't care about them. I think the fact that he, he spends all his time locked in the dark room, which I think is basically code for just... You know, you could get away with the idea that he um, he doesn't do any top secret work at all. He just locks himself in the room to get away from the kids. And I would believe it. Oh, I've just been sent out to survey this derelict mine. 
I love this with the hood, though. Aren't you Thony Williams? I love when he's trying to be charming and friendly. Saw your picture in the papers. You've got a brother, haven't you? Yeah. Bob. It is sinister and funny at the same time. I think that the definitive um, example of that is in The Abominable Snowmen, when he's um, pretending that... Um, I think Parker fell to his death, and he, he's pretending... He's making up some story that he, he valiantly tried to save him, and... Uh, oh, dear. Here comes the other little squirt. International Rescue are on their way. On their little homemade Thunderbird 2. Which again is something that I know I never had, but a lot of kids had. Their, their parents would build vehicles for them to little sort of drive around in or sit in. So it's it's nice that the show is is acknowledging that it is so popular that it's got its own fans, both within the universe of the show and in the real world. How are you? I'm a surveyor. Looking. My name is. I am nice guy. I did tell Tony you could play here, but, uh, well, it, it's too dangerous. I think you would better collect him and go home. Yeah. And also there's the um, the stranger danger element Bad. with this, which is uh, always uh, an admirable thing to, to convey to kids, and uh, I don't think they overplay it too much here. Isn't they? Oh, yeah. You know, the, the hood is a bit sinister, and it's clearly obvious to the little boy, and then they move Try on. Try not to bother him, especially if he's working. Oh, he's working all right. In the dark room. The dark room? What's that then, Bob? It's where he goes to drink and cry. Where exactly in the house is this uh, dark room? Well, well, I'll just go and get Tony. Hey, hey, come back, Bob. Oh, why do people always run away from me? Myself quite easily. But first of all, I must deal with these foolish boys. Tony! Tony, where are you? The game's off! Tony! Bob! I'm down here! And now we're about to get to the. Here it is. The most villainous thing the hood, I think, ever does during the television series. Help! Lures the two kids into a mine and then throws an ex. Oh shoots an explosive charge in there that blows the place to bits and sends them falling. Um, not a very convincing shot of the puppets falling. They're absolutely rock stiff. But, um, yeah, the hood luring two small boys into a mine, blowing the place up, burying them alive. It's brilliant. I, I love it. I love that it's so... It's probably the darkest thing that he does during the course of the television show, and that includes attempting to blow up um, passenger liners and... Uh, power plants and so on it's just it's such a sudden dark turn to have sudden cruel violence inflicted on these kids i love it well, that sounds great williams we'll have to check of course but that last batch of photographs could show the installations we've been searching for i should think that we'll be able to arrange a collection tomorrow well that's the news i've been wanting to hear once this project's successful i'll be posted back to my old job i'll see more of the kids then won't just be in their school holidays you uh, don't have any other projects I can take on for you? Uh, possibly something involving uh, moving to Timbuktu, or, or maybe even further? Oh, the hood's made his way into the house. Uh, no explanation as to why the Williams family have a framed photo of Eddie Hausman on the mantelpiece. Or why they have... Um, what's that, an acetylene torch in the corner of the room? always good to keep around in a house 
with kids. What do you think you're doing in here? I said That's it. He's taking the mask off. Are you? Oh, this is so sinister as well. Open the door, William. Turn off the screen. Open the door. This extreme close-up on the hood's face, with these his yellow eyes just staring at Williams, and the spooky music going. Is Williams going to open the door? No, he's he's going to shut the screen off. Now you could say that he's um, resistant to the hood's mind control powers. I would say it's more likely that he has um, he has developed willpower, the resistance to uh, ignore the call to open the door from his sons. Oh, but really is an emergency. Calling international rescue. Ah, uh, here we go. International rescue will sort everything out. International rescue. International Rescue here. We're receiving a call. Over. Oh, boy, look, you, you've got to come. Th there was this guy who, who tricked us into the mine when, when Bob and me were both in here. I guess he, he must have thrown in a ball. Hey, wait a minute. Is that Tony? Tony and Bob? Yes, it is. Now, so oh, it's great to hear from you. I didn't get to meet you guys. How are you? Fantastic as this story was. They had me believing them at times. The sound effects were so realistic, the falling debris and the sounds of their bones being crunched. Two kids into a mine, then throwing in a bomb. I love it. Turns around and says he started to believe them. That's not John's fault, Virgil. When kids play games, they really do believe them. I can remember things when you lot were youngsters. I want to hear more about what that was. What, what, what did the Tracy kids get up to when they were younger? Break their promises. Well, forget it, Scott. Oh. Boys. Let's go and have something to eat, huh? So, Jeff's clearly having none of that. No rescue for uh, Tony and Bob. Their dad's unconscious. Why didn't they believe us, Bob? Why didn't they believe us? Tony, what? Shut up. Nobody's going to find us here. We'll never get out. Never. Oh, that's it. The mine is collapsing. The boys are trapped. And international rescue is not coming to save them. And that was Crywolf, which, um, you know, shorter episode than usual, I think, but uh, certainly on the whole, a fairly impressive one. I, I did like the, the way the children were used, despite the fact that they've clearly been left to die and International Rescue don't give a f Okay, I'll do the rest of the episode. But you do hear a lot about um, the early Thunderbirds episodes, you know, the ones that were filmed as 25 minutes and then extended to 50 minutes. This is the only one where I think, you know, it was made as a 50 minute episode, but you could you could stop it at the halfway point with the kids trapped down the mine, run the credits, and you really wouldn't lose anything. Be safe there. Just I mean, the kids would lose their lives, but, uh, you know, who really cares? We a central security dome office at Dunsley Tracker, didn't we? That's right, sir. And anyway, because... Here's General Not Lambert. I forget his name. Expecting a call? No, sir. It's Williams from Dunsley Tracker. All the lights on this guy's console are flashing. I don't think that's meant to be happening. This is an emergency. Now let me talk to him. Williams, Colonel Jameson here. Oh, Colonel Jameson, okay. I might just carry on calling you General Not Lambert because you're even you're in the same uniform, it's the same puppet. Why isn't this the same character? I heard someone outside. I thought it was one of my sons, so I turned on the I locked the door and, and hid in the corner and tried to cry. I've never seen him before. He started to well hypnotize me, I guess. Managed to turn the screen off. I'm kind of tied down. I can't take normal security measures. 
If I face him, even with a gun, those those eyes. Those eyes. He This is brilliant. He's outside now. Just the hood having someone trapped in a room. And despite the fact that the room is locked, he is going to cut his way in. That is a really effective use of the character. And it's so rare that he's he's genuinely sinister. I know he's quite creepy when the eyes flash, but most of the time he's sort of semi-bumbling around. Um, or he's talking about his evil plan, but he's not really as scary as, as I think he is in this episode. I mean, if you were stuck in a room with nowhere to go, you know he's trying to get in and he's there with that torch just relentlessly cutting through the wall. It's very effective, and this is not the kind of story you would you would expect to find. The Hood's, I think, probably best appearance in the television series, actually, which is a shame because it's it's his last one. It's also the first of his television episodes that we've covered on the Randomizer, actually. Williams, listen to me. We can't get help to you for several hours. Several hours. He's practically through. <laughs> Williams is sat at a table that um, looks very similar to the one Professor Matic used to sit at in the uh, the navigation bay on Fireball XL5. I wonder if it's the same one. Then you don't think you'll be able to use a gun? Destroy those photographs, burn them, anything. But don't let him get possession. But whatever you do, don't destroy them until you're certain. Absolutely certain he's through. They're vital. You're not. Them if we possibly can. Colonel, what about International Rescue? Well, what about them? International Rescue made it here in 35 minutes. Even they might not make it in time, but 35 minutes. That's better than anything else. All right, Lieutenant. I'll try and get permission. Keep in touch with Williams. Very good, sir. That's a rare moment of a, an army person having International Rescue suggested to them, and they are instantly on board with it. Normally, it's the International Rescue. Rah, 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 rah. This time he's like, yeah, fine, we'll do that. I love this uh, this journey through the, the collapsing mine shaft here as well. This is very nice uh, piece of effects work. Because basically all we see is this one room that Tony and Bob are, are trapped in, or this, this shaft they're trapped at the bottom of. It's going to come down, Tony. It's going to collapse on top of us. Oh dear, outside, never mind. The model shots like that one really, really sell the, the idea that this is a whole network of, of tunnels and corridors that's all on the verge of falling apart. Of course, it all fits together. Those boys weren't playing, they must really be in the mine. But unfortunately, I already said no, and I don't like to go back on what I said. ...station to get the secret photographs. Right. We're not a political organization, but those boys are in real danger, and we can't ignore a call like this. Scott? Yes, sir. You go and look after Williams. Virgil and Alan, Thunderbird too. You've got to get down to that mine and bring those two boys out. Right away, Father. John will give you the final details when you're in the air. All right, boys. Off you go. So remember what I told you, Tony, Bob... The Thunderbirds are coming. So don't be mad. Please stop the hating. Yeah, people who, who um, criticised the, the 2004 live-action Thunderbirds movie for calling the vehicles the Thunderbirds, it happened right there. I will, you know, I will hear a lot of criticism against that movie, but um, that line doesn't really work. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was just wondering, do you think that character at the Williams house could have known about the photographs from Alpha 2-0? Well, frankly, Langfield, I don't know what to make of it. 
Clearly, we're dealing with no ordinary thief. And that business of the two boys trapped in the mine is all too cleverly contrived. Yeah. He went there to get his hands on these photographs. And it looks like he'll stop at nothing. And there's a dog who says a uh, old man has fallen down a well. I don't know what to believe, Lieutenant. Well, the hood's uh, not been wasting any time. He's uh, almost through. Williams can't get his lighter to work. Oh, this is good. Williams! Williams! Oh, there's so much venom in that line. Oh, Williams didn't burn the photos in time. Oh, that's it. I, I... This is probably the, the most effectively scary the hood has ever been. Cutting through the door to get to Williams like this. Because the guy is, knows he's there. He knows that he's there's something odd or supernatural about him. He's clearly scared. And yet there's nothing he can do. And the hood just waltzes on in and uh, takes what he wants. Again, Thunderbird 1 looks like it's splitting down the middle. And no sooner has Scott arrived... ...than the hood is leaving with his... Uh, his photos. Hey there! Hey! Hey, I hear you threw some uh, children down a mine. Just wanted to thank you. Oh no, the hood's not stopping. So Scott is chasing after him in his hover bike. Which is actually going very speedy. It can uh, keep up with his, his jeep no problem. Taking you down, Alan. Radio Bates. Tell them to keep the boys talking. We'll home in on their walkie-talkie. Sure, leave it to me. And this shot, and... Uh, several others including the the mine you see um you, you see shots of them filming this during the the behind the scenes stuff on the, the dvds you know that black and white um interview footage that shot of thunderbird 2 landing i think they, they did several takes of that in that footage they'll have you out of there in no time okay mr tracy but hurry there's not much time oh. No, I said there is no time. Not much time. This way in looks as good as any, Virgil. Okay, Alan. You can contact the boys direct. I'll get the equipment ready. Tony. It's also obvious that uh, we're coming down now. They only they only made two hoverbike props, one with a red base and one with a blue base. I would have thought that they'd each um, member of International Rescue might have their own hoverbike that's color coded to their uniform sash or their vehicles. But Scott's got a red one. Alan's got a red one. And Virgil's got a blue one. So it's obvious they just had the, the red and the blue and they, uh, they share them. Okay, Virgil. I'll go first. Now, as much as I said I, I, I generally, on the whole, like this episode, I and I do. It's um, a fairly low-key rescue, this one, that doesn't quite require the heroic music like this. Vir Virgil and Alan just being lowered down into the mine shaft. Puppets also look quite uncomfortable as they sort of they swing towards the camera and, and go a bit out of focus. Tony, Bob, use your walkie-talkie. It's the roof, Mr. Tracy. It's giving way. You, you'd better not come after us. Can you get a reading? 11, 18, 32. This way, Alan. Oh, I do hope they can rescue the two trapped boys. I'm sorry. I, sh I shouldn't make make fun of them, or even or even wish their uh, their destruction. But uh, 
you know, I I kind of I mean I I actually um I don't mind these two so much. I think Hold it, Alan. The fact that Christine Finn is also doing a child's voice in this one, and I think she does the the voice of the kid in Security Hazard as well. It it gives it a bit of variety, whereas where it was always Sylvia in the other shows with um with Jimmy and with um Jonathan Zero and with whoever and whatever in, in Stingray. I'm gonna have you out of there. It kind of gives you the impression that all the kids in the Super Mario Nation world have the same voice. Here it's it's so nice to have a bit of variety. And I've also just realised that with this episode we have basically covered the um, the Thunderbirds, what I call the um, the Children of Terror trilogy with this and Security Hazard and Give or Take a Million. And there are a couple of episodes after this, well, a couple of episodes we've still to do, like uh, City of Fire, which have a child character in them, but it's not so focused on the child characters as as these three stories are. So um, I'm actually quite relieved that we've... Um, we don't have to worry, at least in Thunderbirds, we don't have to worry about these Super Mario Nation children anymore. And we don't have to worry about Tony and Bob. Virgil and Alan have saved them. Just in time. Hooray! Meanwhile, the Hood is trying to lose Scott, but oh, he can't, can't outrun an international rescue hoverbike. Even if he goes onto the Cliff of Doom. Oh, skidding, sliding. Knock down a fence post and off the cliff. Oh, that's it. Well, he couldn't have stood a chance. I guess that's the last crooked game he'll ever try to play. Well, I better go and collect those photographs. <laughs> I love that. How many times has this happened to the hood now? He's crashed, he's fallen off a cliff, something's happened to him, an international rescue go, well, that's the end of him. He couldn't have stood a chance. And yet... And curse international rescue! He survives! Well, until he falls into the water. And that is the last we see of him in the television series. Incredible. Um, but he'll be back in the movies to uh, to cause more mayhem, get his foot crushed, and then put on a black wig. Mr. Tracy, I don't know what to say. You saved the photograph, sure, but more than that, you saved my son's lives. How dare you? Now, I should have known that Tony and Bob wouldn't have broken their promise. Scott! Before we Alan's sitting on a chair there like uh, like Jonathan Frakes does. Sure, Tony, you lead the way. This is a nice ending as well. I know it's cheesy and terrible and I shouldn't like this. But I do. I do. I I just love I love seeing the ways that the boys incorporate International Rescue and, and Thunderbirds into their their playtime. They've built a replica um sort of launch um, ramp slide based on what they've seen at uh, Tracy Island. Away you go. That's it. Kid has to winch Scott up into a almost vertical position until he is off the ramp and onto their Thunderbird 2 Jeep. And this is such a cheesy ending with Scott careering through the uh, the hen house. Um. But I, you know what? I like it. I like it. I can't say I don't like it. I can't say that it's not cheesy. Sorry. I guess you're too heavy for our emergency exit. But I can't say I don't like it. It is It is kind of sweet. I do for international rescue. And it's also rare to see Scott um, 
humiliated like that. Normally he's the one who shows up at the danger zone and uh, then watches as Virgil does all the work. So it's kind of nice to see him uh, um, ending up in a rubbish can covered in um, in garbage. Anyway, that was Crywolf. And as you may have deduced by the way I've been talking about it, I don't hate that one, despite the fact that I feel I should. I think there's... Um, there's not too much of the uh, the child characters in this to really overpower it. Uh, I I just love the way that they're used. I love the way that the show has uh, is aware of its own audience. Um, not only the audience that it would have had at the time, but the the generations of kids that grew up watching this show afterwards, playing out Thunderbirds exactly the same way as we've seen Tony and Bob do it here. I also love the way the hood was used in this episode. It's like just throw, take the, the cutesiest, sweetest, most uh, awful element of the Supermarionation universe, the, the Supermarionation kids, throw the hood at them and have him be at his most vicious. Oh, wonderful stuff. Um, you know, nothing spectacular in terms of visuals, but um, in terms of appealing to the child Thunderbirds fan in all of us, it's um, rather entertaining.